Hello, and welcome to Cover to Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing To All the Boys I've Loved Before. To All the Boys I've Loved Before was written by Jenny Han and published in 2014. And the film adaptation came out in 2018 and was directed by Susan Johnson. Yep. This is one of those adaptations that I wished we would have known would have been like so popular and we could have done ahead of time Mm -hmm. because I think what's interesting about YA adaptations is that most of them are bad. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're like, Oh, they're making a YA adaptation. Probably going to be bad. (laughs) Well, it's like, I think every so often one catches on and is good. Yeah. And then there's like a quick sprawling for like, Oh, we have to, let's adapt more. And like, and then it's like 20 bad ones come out after that. Mm -hmm. Um, And interestingly enough, I feel like this movie had more of an impact on the rom-com genre. Yes. Than even like the young adult genre. genre. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And I think especially the timing for when it came out, it came out around the time that crazy rich Asians also came out. Yeah. Which not only highlights, Asian cast, but also was also a rom-com. That's true. Yeah. yeah, For the two of them to happen at the same time, it was kind of cool. Asian people just have great chemistry, I guess. Yeah. They're they're just, you know. They're just better. Let's do more of that. Yeah. Just more. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and uh, there are two more books in this book series. Yes. And they're making another movie that's supposed to come out in 2020 apparently okay so we'll see as long as the same director and everyone else is attached to it yeah i'm interested mm-hmm. but if they try to like cut at the budget or the quality of what made this one well, so good i don't good, think they would you you wouldn't think but I'm i mean curious. they're probably gonna make more crazy rich asian movies too that's true that did, that did really well yeah so that's also a trilogy it is although if I remember right from our episode on that, like they end very differently. So yeah. I'd be curious how they like continue that saga as well. But we're not talking about that one. If you want to no. hear Crazy Rich Asians, go listen to go it. listen to that one. We've already done it. <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about we're here to talk about all the boys, all the boys, everyone, <laughs> <laughs> all f- five of them, but not really more like three and a half. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. So at the beginning of the story, we're introduced to a family. The main character, Lara Jean, is 16 years old. She is half Asian, uh, half white. Her mom was Asian and her dad is white. Mm -hmm. Her mom died when she was young and she has two sisters. Yeah. And just saying right off the bat, the family dynamics in this story, I find the most interesting. I agree. uh, Because there's a lot of interesting um things going on because of their situation so the oldest sister Margot, yeah uh i like in the beginning how the book describes her and and the movie too she's very focused very driven practical practical always on top of things organized Mm -hmm. and can sometimes seem like a little uh not emotionless or cold but in some ways yeah almost like calculating where um you know, Laura Jean never really expects her to get overly upset about anything or overly yeah. emotional. So, um, but, but she's going to Scotland. Yes, for she her is first year of college, starting school mm-hmm. in Europe. So she's heading out, and now Laura Jean is about to be the oldest oldest daughter mm-hmm. in the household. The youngest sister, Kitty, is basically the wild child of the family. Yeah. So Margot's the calm, rational, like 
take charge person. Lara Jean is the dreamy, like kind of, she's not dumb, but she's no. not really like very focused. She doesn't know what she wants. She's very emotional driven and finds it hard to like be what Margot is. Yeah. And I, I think do, I do love that. She is constantly having to compare herself to Margot, and now especially that she's kind of taking on that role yeah. in the house. Uh, she's constantly like, God, Margot wouldn't have done this. Like, yeah. you know, so that I, I think that pressure that she has on herself is is really interesting in the story. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting the dad is no slouch. He is a uh, OBGYN. Yes. So he's delivering babies. Mm-hmm. And he does still cook for the family. He does. He's still very involved. Yeah. Um, but his schedule is a little bit all over the place, which yeah. makes sense for an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. You're delivering babies like whenever, <laughs> babies, you know. Babies don't hold to a schedule. No, they do not. <laughs> they come out whenever the fuck they feel like it. Yeah. So, so they have this great family. Uh, Kitty is the little rebel causing pandemonium and chaos wherever she goes. Yes. <laughs> in, in her quest, in the book at least, yes, to obtain to a, a dog. dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's her one-minded focus throughout like the whole book is she wants a dog more than anything else. Yeah. So that frequently comes up. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the story, we get... Margot heading off to Scotland, and right before she leaves, she decides to uh, cut another emotional tie. She just kicks her long-term boyfriend to the curb, who who is also their next-door neighbor, Josh. Yeah. I loved the way the movie played this scene out, where they're yeah. having dinner, and Josh is like, surprise, I have plane tickets to visit you. And she's like, did you pay for these? <laughs> And it's like immediately clear. It's like in front of everyone in the family and like yeah. everyone suddenly understands what's going on, what's going to happen. Actually, in the book, um, it was kind of a secret for a while that Margot and Josh yeah, even broke up. That's true. Like Lara Jean knows, but Kitty didn't know for a while. And also their dad didn't know for a while, which is interesting. Yeah. And Josh is kind of a fixture at the household, too. Yeah. Uh, the, the Laura Jean's dad. Uh, enjoys kind of having not a son, you know, exactly, but like a young man that he can like take fishing and kind of like do some things like that with. Yeah. And Josh's household life, we find out in the book, isn't the best. And mm-hmm. so he would oftentimes come over to kind of get away from his own parents and everything. Yeah. And they've kind of grown up with him. Like yeah. they've known him for a long time. He's been a part of their life for a long time. And we find out that Lara Jean used to have a really big crush on him. Mm-hmm. And even felt that she was in love with him. But then, of course, he started dating Margot. Yeah, and the if you're wondering, the age difference is essentially that Laura Jean this year is a junior. Yeah. Uh, Josh is a senior. Mm-hmm. And then, so Josh is like, and Margot's leaving for college, so Josh is like right between them, yeah. age-wise. Mm-hmm. And the movie definitely kind of implies that... Um, Laura Jean's feelings for him aren't old news, really, because the movie starts off with her having like this. She's reading a uh, a romantic novel. Yes, I love And picturing herself in it in this field with the man of her dreams, who is Josh in this like kind of fantasy vision. Yeah. So clearly she still has feelings for him to an extent, whereas Mm -hmm. the book plays it off as more. Well, I used to, but that's kind of. I put that away once Margot started dating him. Yeah, yeah exactly. And has forgotten that. And 
In order to help herself forget it, or at least express what she was feeling at the time, she wrote Josh a love letter. And Largine, in both the book and movie, talks about how these letters are basically a way for her to get out what she's feeling Mm -hmm. and to kind of help her move on. And all of these, she's written more than one. Uh, Josh (laughs) is just the latest in a series. She's actually written five letters total, and some of them date back all the way to middle school. And... Uh, she just talks about how she really feels and they really capture that sensation and that feeling of having this huge crush and feeling in yeah, love. Yeah, that passion. Yeah. And, uh, just kind of getting it out on paper. And mm-hmm. then it's for her therapeutic to write it all out. And then like she even addresses the envelope. Yeah. And then just it, puts it away. And puts it in her hat box. Mm-hmm. And... Forgets and about it. And she'll she'll look at them occasionally, but <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like a private thing for her. Yeah, a way of, of moving on and kind of to- in a totally healthy way, locking her feelings away in a, in a literal <laughs> box. Exactly. Completely healthy oh, mentally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that's kind of her situation with Josh. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk briefly about Peter who is another one of her former crushes. Yeah, I think this was maybe the first love letter that she wrote Mm because it was like in seventh grade. Um, But she had a crush on him and they had this kiss when they were young. But then he started dating this friend of hers, Jen. Uh, And then Jen turned out to be kind of like a little bit of a bitch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They're not really friends anymore. No, she ended up being awful and it was like even kind of bad probably when they were friends to an extent. But yeah, so, you know, and and she was even she liked Josh or God. Okay, here's here's the thing, everyone. I'm sorry, but Peter and Josh are two of the most generic names I could think of. Yeah. And I will constantly be calling them the opposite thing. So I apologize now. Yes. I'm going to be calling Josh Peter and Peter Josh all the time. But the th- <laughs> so the thing with Peter, though, is that like she was even like annoyed and kind of angsty towards him back then when she had a crush on him. Yeah. Because he's very kind of full of himself a little bit. He's very handsome. Very attractive. Yeah. He's like a jock. Yeah. A popular kid. The most, the the, the boy that all the girls in her grade want to go out with. Mm-hmm. So, and she kind of uh, despises him a little bit for that reason. Yeah. And so he's got swagger mm-hmm. to him. Uh, but she still sees him. They're not really friends or anything, but she sees him around school and she sees Jen, his definitely a bitch girlfriend. <laughs> but then they break up. That's yes, that does happen very early. Mm-hmm. Jen dumps him for a college guy. Yeah. And they've been wow. like together all of high school. It's yeah. like it rattles the foundations mm-hmm. of the social romantic core of the of the of high the school, high school <laughs> yes also peter lost his virginity to jen mm-hmm. so it's very like intense it for is. high school <laughs> then there's also chris who's yes. just laura jean's friend who is there i like a lot more in the movie i want to say i think she has problems in the book for sure yeah she's kind of a bit she's very much. flaky. Yeah, she's not. She's not really there for Laura Jean at all. No. I'm like, why are they friends? Also, she says biatch quite often, and it yeah. really bothers me. <laughs> 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 just something about that just really gets to me. Yeah, I appreciate that they kind of don't judge each other. Like, Laura yeah. Jean never, like, slut shames Chris for being a little more... Um, 
open, sexually, sexually open. Yeah. yeah. And she parties a bit and drinks and stuff. And Largine is never like, you shouldn't do that. No. Um, so that's cool. But I just don't feel like Chris is really there for Largine ever. No. So. Yeah, I kind of. And I get like they say, oh, their friendship, you know, was was old you know they were friends for a long time even as they became two different people they yeah. still became stuck as friends which i get to an extent but also i don't totally believe i'm like i still yeah. can't picture these two people being friends and getting along and wanting to hang out at least in the book yeah the movie uh chris has reigned in a lot more mm-hmm. she's not nearly as uh flaky or sexually promiscuous or anything so yeah yeah then, uh, yeah, the letters get out. The letters get out. But first, let's talk a little bit about the movie. Yes. Because I feel like I didn't totally appreciate it the first time we watched it together. Mm-hmm. But this is a really, really well-made movie. Yeah, and I think that because the story is so sweet and it is a little of a by the notes story, you know yeah. what I mean? Like a traditional rom-com, even like the setups, the tropes are common. But when you look at the attention to detail yeah, and the care that was clearly exhibited when this movie was made, you just don't see that level of detail mm-hmm. in most romantic comedies. Like most romantic comedies that come out like in theaters. Yeah. Well, and, and on top of that, like the Netflix level of movie yeah. tends to also be a lesser quality, mm-hmm. even compared to like theatrical releases. Yeah. And one of the movies we watched recently uh, in this same genre as a Netflix original was Always Be My Maybe. Yeah. And, you know, that movie, it was fine. Uh, it had its moments. Yeah. But there wasn't much of a... I don't know, cinematic flair to it or originality style style. And, you know, it felt like Netflix wanted this to be the next, uh, or, um, to all the boys I've loved before. Like, yeah, let's get like some really good actors in it. Like Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah. Asian cast, Asian cast too. Yeah. And trying to get people excited about it. But like, I don't think it quite caught on as well as to all the boys I've loved before. Yeah. I think, I think what sets to all the boys I've loved before part is that you can tell that it was well made and the people that made it cared about it. Yeah. And that might not be something that people can articulate clearly because it's hard to pinpoint exactly what it is. But this movie and book, but mostly the movie kind of became this cult classic almost immediately. It got this like following online. People were really excited about it. And I don't think people could have really predicted that necessarily, mm-hmm. but there was something that resonated about this movie. And I think it's that the script is really tight. Yeah. Like, and the editing is really amazing. These shots yes. and like also the cinematography is beautiful. The cinematography is super good. It, it does a lot of interesting like framing where there's a lot of one point perspective shots that a lot of people will think of Wes Anderson when they see them, although yeah. it's not nearly as um, exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's kind of this interesting thing where the camera oftentimes frames the person a little low in the shot, so there's, like, a lot of headspace above them, hmm. which is hard to put, like, your finger on necessarily. Yeah. Or, like, 
or even what emotion that is making you feel or conveying, but it is really unique and kind of Mm -hmm. just giving it a certain flair. Yeah, and it's like not only are the outfits in this movie good. Oh, yeah. But, like, the sets are amazing. The sets are really good. I mean, Lara Jean's room Mm -hmm. is just gorgeous. And it feels like a teenager's room in the sense that, like, there's just shit everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, And I love that about that space. But also, like, there's so many beautiful shots of just... You know, the outside, the scene where Laura Jean and Peter are sitting at that picnic table in that tree. Yeah. The bathroom scenes, like, Mm -hmm. are just well shot as well. There's, like, you know, a lot of scenes with Laura Jean on on a field. It's just, like, I don't know. I feel like the care is there. Absolutely. And even... Like the coloring of Yeah, the coloring of the the shots and the scenes is like really well done where I, I think we talked about this in our last episode on Breaking Dawn. Yeah. Where I was kind of saying they were the shittiest looking of the Twilight series. Yeah. And one of the things I felt the most about that was the the coloring. Mm-hmm. Like when you look at it, it just there's no tone to it. There's no kind of I, I don't know. It's like they had to plug in that they were just like, okay, correct all the levels and yeah. like the color balance and like all that stuff. And it's done. There's mm-hmm. no like intent behind it. Whereas yeah. this movie, I don't know. It uses a lot of like, it had a feel. It's kind of desaturated in a lot of ways and like kind of a lot of cooler colors, I think. But yeah, I, I, I just really appreciated a lot of the filmmaking that was going on here. Yeah. And I've read quite a few reviews of the movie and not a lot of them talk about the cinematography, which I was surprised. Yeah, because especially for the genre yeah, of romantic it's very comedy. Uncommon. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. So that is surprising. Mm-hmm. I guess there's just a lot of, I guess people are hyped about like the rom coms back. Yeah. I feel like the past three years, <laughs> they've been like, the rom com. The rom com's finally back. We could just like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I mean, hey, I love a good rom com too, but like, yeah. They're back. Let's just, they're, they're here. They're here. <laughs> We're enjoying them right now. Yes. Uh, speaking of, so we'll stop gushing about the movie a little bit and transition <laughs> to the actual letters getting out. So somehow Lara Jean's letters get out and we get an excellent, an excellently edited and executed scene in the movie. Oh God. Yeah. Where this letter confrontation happens and it happens a little bit differently in the book, but uh, essentially Peter is the first one to come up to Lara Jean and is like, hey, I got this letter. And she freaks out immediately. (laughs) And in the movie, she actually passes out. She just faints immediately. It's so well done. And I I love it, too, because we know their first kiss happened during Spin the Bottle when she faints. The camera hovers over her and they overlay the spinning bottle (laughs) on top of her, which was just a nice, fun little Mm -hmm. effect they did. Yeah, and then as she's like, He's trying to say, like, I don't like you that way. This is flattering. She sees Josh (laughs) coming towards her. And right now they're on the track, the outside school track, which I love this setting. (laughs) And she sees him coming towards her with a letter in his hand. And she's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And you immediately know why this is a problem. Yeah, because... God, he just got dumped by her sister and now she sent him a letter saying how she like really likes him and Mm -hmm. like all this stuff that is coming to her. And should we mention how the book plays out first, I guess? Or I I guess in the movie when she sees him coming, she just leans over 
and just kisses Peter. Well, it's funny because in the movie, he's trying to like help her up. So he's kind of oh, leaning down. Yeah, she's on the ground. On the ground. So then she just kind of like gets on top of him and they're literally on the ground. She's on top of him <laughs> making out. And my favorite bit in this is like the coach or the gym teacher just be like, hey, stop that. <laughs> 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 they're just making out on the track like yeah. on the ground um and then of course josh she sees this and kind of like is like what and then like walks away yeah and then Jean just runs away she just takes off <laughs> uh the book plays out similarly and the reason why i want to talk about the difference is that she does talk to josh briefly and tries to play off the letter yeah and then is like well uh i'm dating someone so that's why it doesn't matter uh i'm dating uh peter and she She, like looks around and is like peter yeah (laughs) because she had just been talking to him yeah and the whole setup in both versions is just like totally wacky yeah how she ends up fake dating josh and i think it's peter god damn it (laughs) How she ends up fake dating Peter. Mm -hmm. But I think the reason it's so much more successful in the movie is not only are you just playing it for laughs more. Yeah. But I think the more you try to explain the logic of what she's doing, like the book tries to. The more it falls apart. The more it falls. Yeah. The more it just is like, okay. Why would anyone do this? Yeah. How would this even happen in the spur of the moment? But the movie just kind of, since you're not in her head and you just witness it. And it, it's played in such a comedic way yeah. that you're you just buy into it so much more easily, mm-hmm. and it's just so much more entertaining of a scene. It is. It sure. made me laugh so hard. Oh god, it's it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so great. She also ends up talking with Lucas, mm-hmm. who's someone who also got sent one of her letters, and she wrote that this letter when she was a freshman when they went to a dance together, and at least in the movie. And he's like, hey, I'm really flattered, but you know I'm gay, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh, of course. Yeah, I knew that. He's like, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I loved Lucas talking about it being like, I mean, I'm out, but I'm not like out, out. Like my mom knows, but my dad doesn't really know. And so he's just like, yeah, you don't have to keep it a secret, but if you could, that'd be great. So, mm-hmm. but it's cool because from here on out, they kind of reconnect and become friends. Yeah. And honestly, I could have used even more Lucas. More Lucas. In the story. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed him more than Chris even. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of almost, I mean, it's not that I think Laura Jean shouldn't have had any friends before this, but no. for me, Lucas could have been the Chris of the story since she doesn't been. add a whole lot in my mind. But and he was more fun. He was. Yeah. I, I, I like Lucas a lot. So, mm-hmm. and then... When she races home to look for the letters, there is one letter that has been returned, yeah. thankfully. Because the address was wrong. Yes. But there's still a fifth letter in space in somewhere. Space somewhere. <laughs> you know how uh, the mailmen like shoot them into space and they land. <laughs> and they land where they land. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gets them, gets them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those are the letters. And in the book... Lara Jean has no idea how her letters got out. No. There's kind of like an explanation that's like, well, we were getting rid of some stuff and sending boxes to Goodwill because Margot was getting rid of things and then Lara Jean was getting rid of some things and her dad took boxes to Goodwill or the Salvation Army. And so maybe her box got mixed in with that. But in the movie, we know immediately <laughs> who did it because there's a scene 
of this person going into Lara Jean's closet, and then she has guilty looks for like the rest of the I movie. Know. <laughs> and it's Kitty. It is. I I do like um how I do like the mystery of the book. Yeah. Like not knowing, like it almost is like a fate. A, yeah, or like a fantasy like a uh what's that term? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where you're going Damn with it. this. <laughs> I, I I'm totally blanking on everything. Like Water for Chocolate was oh, of um, that genre. Yeah. Magical realism. Magical realism. Thank mm-hmm. you. It's almost like of that genre. Like the letters were destined to get out. Yeah. So I liked that, but I also understand in the movie. Kitty's intentions are kind of specific. Yeah. And they probably wanted to tie it more specifically to the scene. Mm -hmm. So you knew what she was kind of doing purposefully. So I get it. But yeah, Kitty in the movie is clearly like, Largene, you have no friends. Yeah. (laughs) And we should talk about this a little bit. But like with Margot gone, Largene is really like kind of floundering a little bit. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have very many friends. She has Chris, but like we said, Chris is super flaky, so she's, like, not around. And the burden of this responsibility of Margot leaving is really weighing heavily on her. I'd say more in the book it's talked about. Yeah. And this was my favorite part of the book near the beginning was, like, a lot of this book is the fake relationship and the high school relationship stuff. And, like, that was all fine. That felt the most young adult. Focus, mm-hmm. but really it was like the family dynamics and this pressure put on Laura Jean to suddenly like grow up when maybe yeah. she wasn't ready to and taking on these responsibilities that she shouldn't necessarily be having to do. Um, and, well, and Margot was the one, yeah, that had this place before. And they talk a little bit about in the book specifically how when their mom died, Margot just kind of took over, yeah, like naturally and was like, I have to be the one to make sure. That there's a schedule that, you know, we have rides to school, that lunches get packed, that dinners are planned, that groceries get purchased. Like, all of these household details, Yeah, Marco was in charge of, which I don't think was fair to Margo at all. No, absolutely and not. And it's definitely not fair to Largene either when Margo's gone, and that falls to her as well. I do, I, I don't want to talk about this scene yet, but there is a scene later with the dad where he does even admit to this being like, yeah, I shouldn't have put that much pressure. On, and he never put pressure on them, really. But he's yeah, like, they just naturally stepped into these roles. Yeah. He's like, I shouldn't have let you do so much. And I did love, I did like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Him kind of acknowledging that. Yeah. But yeah. And, and, but this dynamic, I think was the best part for me in the book. Yeah. And the farther it got away from these elements, the less interested I was. Yeah, the more the it plot. got into the weeds of like the drama. The high school stuff. Yeah. And, yeah all that stuff like, uh, just became more unrelatable. More than just Largene feeling like kind of lost now that Margot's gone. She also just really misses Margot because Margot was her best friend. Yeah. And she used to hang out with Margot and Josh all the time. And now Margot's gone and she can't hang out with Josh because things are super awkward because of the letter. So she doesn't really have anyone. And in the movie... Kitty is sort of like, you don't have friends, Largene, and sort of takes it on herself to send these letters out, almost like to shake up Largene's life a little bit, yeah. get her out of her comfort zone, yeah. which is very wise for an 11-year-old, I it would is. say. And also very manipulative and yes. kind of shitty in a lot of ways. Oh, yes. But, but motives are good. Motives are there. <laughs> uh, should we talk about the book's motives for Kitty? Yeah, uh, Kitty was really pissed off at Laura Jean. Yeah. For 
not even doing anything, but like implying. Embarrassing her in front of Josh. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And she didn't even really do that much, but. No. That was enough for Kitty. And that so she's out like, of spite. I'm going to blow up your entire social situation. Yeah. In just school. for the fun of it. Yeah. I'm like, what a chaos demon and she's like i regretted it like the next day i'm like what is wrong with you you're a terrible sister yeah that's like taking someone's diary and not only reading it but like posting it online (laughs) wow yeah it is like it that's some like backstabbing bullshit and like she didn't mail them that night she had to like think about this she had to steal them she'd like she had to take find them stamps stamps she had to get stamps yeah and where then, does an 11 year old find stamps i don't know we <laughs> hardly have enough stamps we never have stamps <laughs> <laughs> and then she has to go to a mailbox and like mail like yeah. this is like a long term this is like plan. i'm mad and i'm gonna break something yeah <laughs> so. at least in the movie she's like this is for Lara jeans like good like she'll she'll thank me someday she's definitely a uh, chaotic good oh yes in the movie <laughs> chaotic evil definitely in the y- book yes for sure <laughs> yeah uh but all this to say that eventually laura jean talks to peter mm-hmm. and peter's like hey uh maybe we could be in a fake relationship so that my ex-girlfriend will become jealous mm-hmm. and that that will show your friend Josh that you're not in love with him yeah. and will set things right with you guys. Mm-hmm. And it's mutually beneficial. Exactly. And here enters the classic trope of romance novels and fan fiction, which is fake dating. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Fake dating yes. in all of its... Um, well, in this t- case, uh, contract writing yes. and planning, mm-hmm. and we're totally not going to let this get to our heads. Yeah, none of us will ever have feelings for the other. Absolutely not. We'll be totally normal. Everything will be fine. <laughs> I love in the movie, they also write in clauses for each of them watching their favorite movies. Yes, I, I liked the way that worked into the into the story. Largin's like, you have to watch 16 Candles with me. And Peter's like, uh, you have to watch Fight Club. <laughs> uh, both very stereotypical choices for them. Yes. But they both, I guess, fulfill that. We only see in the movie Peter watching 16 Candles with Largin. We don't see them watching Fight Club, but we're going to assume that that part of the contract is fulfilled. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have to have faith that she sat through that movie. Yeah. Uh, we also get a moment where, and once again, I think this came up in Breaking Dawn, where we mentioned how sometimes swapping lines for characters makes like a lot more sense. Yeah. And like the, like the movie sometimes figures the characters out a little bit better. And in mm-hmm. this case, when they're writing the contract, they're Peter's annoyed because he can't kiss her. And he's I like, know no exactly one's, what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to believe that we're dating if I yeah. can't touch you. And Laura Jean in the movie's like, Okay, well, what if you put your hand in my back pocket? And Peter's like, what the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that because, especially because in the book, it was Peter's suggestion. He put his hand in her back pocket. And that does not, is not something that like a A guy normal teenage boy would be like, yeah, I'll put my hand in your back pocket. But it's perfect for Laura Jean. Yeah. A little, um, 
naive or inexperienced in dating. And she's only watched like romantic movies from the past. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so perfect for her and Peter's reaction of like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. (laughs) What is that? Why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I loved that line though. But like, yeah, sometimes when the movie gets adapted, just like swapping some lines like that really, I don't know, it makes a lot more sense and kind of drives lines or points home a little bit better in my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but they write a contract. They do. And then they begin their fake dating relationship. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Um, Lara Jean is seen at the popular table during lunchtime. She gets to hang out with Peter. Peter's also like writing her these notes, I guess, to make Jen even more jealous. Um, And also she's supposed to go to parties and games because he's in sports, whatever. Lacrosse. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we get a cool scene in both the book and the movie where Lara Jean is at home baking these cupcakes for Kitty's like PTA bake sale or something dumb. (laughs) Um, But this is like clearly a role that like Margot would pop would have probably filled Mm -hmm. and Lara Jean has having to take it over now and is feeling overwhelmed And then Peter's like, oh, we have this party to go to. Yeah. And she's like, I can't do it. I have all these these cupcakes to bake. And (laughs) she's just like really frazzled, but also using it as an excuse to like not go pretty much. But then her dad shows up. Yeah. And he's he meets Peter for the first time. Well, he knows him a little bit from the past. True. I guess that's true. But Mm -hmm. is reintroduced to him and kind of knows about their relationship. And he's immediately like, no, go to the party. Like, we'll take care of the cupcakes. Yeah. And I love because Laura Jean's like, you can't do it. Like, you won't do it right. He's like, it's fine. We'll, we know it's how to cupcakes. do cupcakes. Yeah. He's like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, clearly wanting Laura Jean to have fun and like, yeah, it's go just out. really great because mm-hmm. just the dad is so great in this movie. Yes. He's so great. He's amazing. <laughs> yes. So they go to the party mm-hmm. and this is kind of like the most surface level of what they're doing as a fake couple like they're very like calculating performative performative, like make each other your wallpaper on your phone yeah then you go here and i'll be over here Mm -hmm. and kind of um let's take photos together put them on instagram yeah that whole thing they see jen there's like a whole like showdown not like a mini showdown where this is all kind of panning out and they're like okay mission accomplished jen is jealous exactly But they go to this diner afterwards and kind of have a more honest emotional conversation with each other. Yeah. Where Lara Jean's talking to him about Jen and how he feels about her. And then Peter asks Lara Jean why she's never dated before. And she sort of talks about how she's been a little scared to be in a real relationship and how she's read so many romance novels and seen so many movies and has sort of idealized love. Yeah. And I also like this in terms of Finding out about both of them, but more about Peter, too, because he's seen by everyone, including Laura Jean, as like this handsome ladies man and blah, blah, blah. But really, she's like, you know, you've only ever dated one person. Yeah. You've only ever dated Jen like your entire high school career. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, yeah. And you kind of see that he really does care about Jen and that it isn't a healthy relationship. No. By any means. But he's not like doing this. Like, yeah, it's not a good way of going about it, like making her jealous of the fake relationship. But it is because he misses her and wants to be with her again, I think. Yeah. And it's you can tell that he 
cares, I guess, ultimately. It's not like a spiteful, angry thing that he's doing. It's not revenge. No. Yeah. And he's called a player a lot in the book, but like really he doesn't date other women. So I'm like, why why is he a player? Just because he's handsome? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that son of a bitch. With yeah. Great cheekbones and jawline. <laughs> but we get a lot of really great um, later scenes of Largene and Peter bonding. They bond kind of about their parents because obviously Largene's mom passed away when she was younger. And uh, Peter's dad left the family when he was younger as well. And has like a new family now yeah. and it's not just like a regular divorce like he just up and left the family and like Peter never sees him anymore. Yeah, and they really and once again I think the movie kind of sells this scene a little bit more of them like connecting on a on a deeper level. Yeah. But I love this for two reasons. One, it's just like them being open and honest and connecting about something and like trying to heal mutually. Yeah. Like through just kind of sharing their experience. But also the thing I really loved about this movie was especially for Laura Jean. I think they have a conversation again later about their parents in the movie. Yeah. And not only that, but like the issue Laura Jean is having with her mom not being around, it's addressed like multiple times throughout the movie. And I like that. It's not just one scene where it's like the ghost of my past. You have to know Mm -hmm. so we can progress the plot. It's like she's dealing with this throughout and there's no like moment of like resolution. There's no like epiphany. There's nothing like that. It's just really handling it in a mature way. Yeah. And And I think even in the book, too, like the family is still dealing with this loss. Yeah. Clearly. And like they're still trying to figure out ways to like cope with it. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, we see this in the way that they relate to each other, the roles they have in the family. Like even though this happened like six years ago, it's still clearly affecting all of them a lot more than they realize, I think. For sure. So, yeah, I I appreciate that both versions of the story kind of take this aspect of the plot seriously and really like take their time with it Mm -hmm. for sure. So, uh, there's something I wanted to bring up with you, Adina. Yeah. Changing, changing it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'll just start with my feelings on it a little bit, but I'm a little torn with this movie in terms of its plot and what happens in it. Mm. Because although I, I love this movie, and and then the book as well and the story uh and like the whole fake dating thing and everything yes. that goes on with that it's kind of like the story had this great setup of this girl who keeps love letters she's never sent and suddenly they all get out yeah and then it's like oh my god what's gonna happen and the only thing is that one of the guys ends up being gay one of the guys just doesn't show up for most of for the entire story. Yeah. One of them doesn't get one the of the letter. letters doesn't get to the guy. Yeah. And then it's like her the one guy is just kind of weird about it and annoyed. And then she ends up fake dating the other one. Yeah. And it's kind of like we get into this fake dating plot line that honestly could have happened like a number of ways. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The letters stop being as important. Yeah. The, the letters. I mean, they're referred to mm-hmm. periodically, like uh, what's said in the letters or, you know, character wise, why Laura Jean kept them. Yeah. Like, all the character stuff behind that is there and makes sense. But I can't help but feel like it kind of had this great setup. Yeah. And then kind of... W- 
like suddenly worked it into a way more standard mm-hmm. um typical route for rom-coms. Yeah, I actually read a review that was complaining about this a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, this is the way the book plays out. It is. It's it, the movie's very loyal to the book. And actually in the second book, we get the another letter recipient entering the story. Yeah. So I, f- I don't I know if that's like the author's intention to be like, okay, so the first book is just going to have like these two guys and then we'll introduce like another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it could have been used a little bit better. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I get, I get wanting to like hold off and like wait till the sequel to like address the rest of it. But I mean, this book takes and movie takes place over the course of like several months so, like, the fallout should have happened kind of all at once, it feels like, with these letters. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and to be fair, the book does make more of a romantic love triangle, including Josh. Yeah. The movie doesn't play it quite that way, and mm-hmm. we'll kind of we'll get into that. <laughs> but um, I, I think the book is a little bit more like making it a larger love triangle situation because of the letters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I was kind of thinking about that a little bit and I was like, I, I love the fake relationship storyline, how mm-hmm. it plays out there, Peter and Laura Jean's dynamic and everything. But I keep thinking about what this plot could have been with the fake letters. Yeah. And like more, and I'm not saying like, Oh, five men want to date her. Yeah. But like maybe you get some more perspectives and maybe a little bit more, like, realization from Laura Jean, like, wow, all these times I didn't, like, value myself in these circumstances, like... Or maybe I should have gone for it yeah, at the, at the time, but I was too scared and didn't, or things like that. Yeah, exactly. Or guys becoming, like, good friends again, like with Lucas, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? She, like, reconnects with him and is like, oh, now we're friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... and. Once again, there's two more books in the series. There's going to be another movie. So I don't know how that will play out, you know, going forward. It might it might be more of a slow burn where she's going to like pacing things out a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. That was just I think you make a valid point. Okay. yeah, that's all I wanted to hear (laughs) was that my point was valid. (laughs) Your point is valid. Good. (laughs) Now we can continue. (laughs) Now let's talk about Josh. Josh. Uh, I think in the movie, Peter calls him a Bon Iver wannabe. <laughs> bon Iver wannabe. I love that line. I do too. He, uh, yeah, man. Where do we even start I mean, with Josh? in the movie, he's not that bad. He's not. In the movie, he just seems very confused. Like, he keeps confronting Laura Jean throughout the movie, even when she's dating Peter, and being like, I just, I don't know what's going on. Like, you sent me this letter. I'm trying to process this. And Laura Jean is very like, we can't talk about it. I can't talk to you about it. Yeah. Is avoiding him, like, just doesn't want to talk about it. In the book, they talk about it more, but Josh is clearly, like, trying to get with her. Yeah, he's clearly much more into Laura Jean. Yeah. In the book where he's constantly criticizing her dating uh, Peter Kavinsky. Yeah. And kind of being mean about it. And also, I don't know, he just... He also talks about Laura Jean being so pure. Yeah. Which was very creepy and very weird. He says that in the movie, too, but he says it multiple times in the book. Yeah. Like, over and over. He's like, you're pure and innocent. I'm like, ugh. And you don't know anything. Yeah. And this is where Peter is called a player. And I'm like, where's the evidence for that? 
Yeah. Um, but Josh, Josh is the player. Josh keeps being like jealous of Peter's place in the family. Like Josh was sort of like the the guy for all of these girls. Like Margot was in love with him. They were dating. Laura Jean was like obsessed with him. Also, Kitty has like a crush on him. And now that he and Margot are broken up and Peter's kind of in the mix, Kitty is like, ooh, Peter's cool. I like hanging out with him. And Josh is like, no, my place as the person that all the girls wanted to fuck is like messed with. And I'm like, <laughs> that is very disturbing and wrong. Yeah, the, there's just a lot of um, and it becomes a lot more apparent, like what Josh's intentions are. Yeah. Where he at one point he kisses uh, Laura Jean without her permission yep. on Christmas mm-hmm. and it really upsets her as it should because she thought like all this was behind them yeah and he's like but I love you and he doesn't say that but he like I implies <laughs> he, he's just like very like well maybe that you sent this letter if I would have known how you felt like things could have been different between us and Laura Jean is very much like listen you're my sister's ex-boyfriend and I couldn't literally never do this to her Like, even if I had feelings for you at one point, like, the possibility of us being together is wiped from my mind. Yeah. And it should be wiped from his mind, too. Like, that's super creepy. It is. Why would you date someone, the sister of someone that you already dated? Like, that is disgusting. And, like, they dated for a long time. Yeah, they banged. Yeah, that's true. In the book, they did bang. I forgot. Ugh. Ugh. It's so disgusting. Josh is... Really annoying yeah. in the book, mm-hmm. and it really bothered me and kind of took away a lot of the story. Yeah, I agree. Because I'm like, you're not complicated, or like your angstiness isn't. You're just the worst. Yeah, you're just really, really fucking shitty and terrible, and you should stay away from that entire family. Yeah. And I'm glad. I hope Margot never takes him back. Exactly. Although I don't know what happens, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like we said, though. Josh, movie Josh, fine. Uh, although I will say there are point, points in the story when he's ab- when he's absent for a long time. Yeah. And he kind of doesn't feel integral to the plot at all. Not really. I honestly wish he was in it a little bit more, at least like throughout. To remind us that he's still there. Cause I mean, yeah, because that is Laura Jean's supposed reason. reason for doing the fake relationship is she's trying to not make it weird between her and Josh. Yeah. Her reasoning I know. does not hold water. <laughs> like, at least Peter's is like, yeah, yeah. I want to be my girlfriend jealous. It's like, okay. Yeah, makes sense. It's like, I want my neighbor, who I kind of have a crush on. Who dated my sister. Yeah, to know that I don't have a crush on him because I'm dating you, but not really. <laughs> okay, Lord. It's all so we can just be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the ski trip. Ski trip? Or, um, is this what Rich high school high school kids do like they had a ski trip at my school you just had to pay for it yeah but did everyone bang and was it like they're a hot tub and i don't know i didn't go oh (laughs) (laughs) i didn't have money for that (laughs) man my high school never had a freaking ski trip well there was a ski club Mm. and then you would go like on ski trips but i think you could go even if you weren't in the ski club but you had to pay so there's a lot more like precedence to like being to being able to go on the ski trip. You had to yeah. be like in a club mm-hmm. and like probably like be the treasurer or something and like do a lot of that stuff. I don't know. If you wanted to bang. It was high school. In the cabin is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, in Lara Jean's high school, this is apparently the place where more people lose their virginity, even more than 
prom and even homecoming more than all and those dances and other school events. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. But Laura Jean is kind of coerced into going by Peter because he's yeah. like, you need to go with me. Like, I'm going and you're supposed to be my girlfriend and I need you there. And she's kind of coerced because at this point, she doesn't think their relationship, their fake relationship is going to last much longer. Mm-hmm. Peter seems like he might be getting back together with Jen. Yeah. Things seem better with her and Josh. And it's kind of like, well, what's the point of why this? Why would we stay together any longer? Mm-hmm. So, but Josh convinces her like, no, let's Peter. do this. Peter, fuck. <laughs> Tally, another one. <laughs> Peter convinces her now we should go together. So she does. Yeah. There's some misunderstandings along the way. Man. Uh, so many misunderstandings. Laura Jean doesn't sit with him on the bus, and then he's pissed at her. And then in the book, he like goes skiing, and Laura Jean goes skiing with him, but then he ignores her the whole day. And it's like this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but then, finally... Finally. They meet at the hot tub. Yeah. Laura Jean finally realizes, with the help of Lucas, that Peter likes her mm-hmm. for real. And that she likes him for real, too. And that she should just go for it. Yeah. So they meet in the hot tub, and they kiss, and they talk about liking each other, and it's really cute. Yeah, it is. It's really nice. It's a really nice scene. Yeah. Where it's kind of funny, because Peter's, like, ahead of her on this. Like, yeah. Where he's like, why would I have asked you to come, and why did I get snacks for us? And, yeah. like, kind of leading her to the... Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like the, the play between them in that scene. Yeah, clearly he's known that he's liked her for a while. Yeah. And Largine has just been too scared or unsure of herself to realize this. Yeah. So she straddles him in a hot tub. Yes. <laughs> and then... Two teens making out in a hot tub. Two teens in a hot tub. Yeah. And then they go home. And there's kind of a weird vibe. Yeah. As they're going home Mm -hmm. where everyone seems to be like congratulating her for something. And she's not really sure what. Talking behind her back. Yeah. And then she gets confronted by Jen, of course, who is like, in the book, she says, everyone's saying that you and Peter had sex. And Peter's saying it mm-hmm. and sp- like spreading the rumor around. Yeah. And this makes Laura Jean really upset because one, it's not true. And two, like to have someone spread that rumor about you that you trusted. So she and Peter like kind of break up. She breaks up with him. Yeah. She's just like, we're done. I can't do this. Yeah. She. Yeah. Yeah. She she finally opened up to him. Mm hmm. Uh, and then in the movie, in the movie, it's a little different. Yeah, where she confronts Jen confronts her again and Jen tells Laura Jean that Peter went to her room that night after the hot tub. Yeah. And also at this point, Jen has obtained one of Laura Jean's scrunchies. <laughs> Exhibit B. Strategically obtained. <laughs> <laughs> she presents it to her. Yes. And so this seems like rather conclusive evidence to Laura Jean. And in typical Romantic comedy, mishap fashion. Yes. She tells Peter that they're over. She and doesn't Pe- let him explain. She doesn't let him talk. And it happens twice. <laughs> twice in this movie, she won't let Peter, if she let him talk for one minute, yeah. uninterrupted, everything would be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but she doesn't no. twice. No. So she kind of like claims that like they're done. Mm-hmm. She goes home. And that's when... 
the video surfaces of her and Peter in the hot tub. Mm -hmm. And it kind of looks like they're having sex. And that's what everyone's saying. Yeah. And this is very uh, disturbing news to Laura Jean. So actually, the hot tub video doesn't happen till the second book. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. It's not part of the first book at all. Interesting. I'm, 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 I just didn't realize there was a video at all in the book series. Yeah, then. in the book, Largene throughout the rest of the story is just kind of pissed that this rumor is going around that they have been having sex. And Peter isn't really denying it. Or he's like, no, that's not what happened. You know, like in that yeah. way. So, but um, I guess this happens later on. Interesting. That did bother me a little bit in both versions is... Peter's accountability in this situation is not super clear. Yeah, I'm like, why is it his job to tell people that you didn't have sex? Yeah, because we don't know. Like, is he supposed to, like... Like, we don't know if he was encouraging it. Like, it's kind of just very unclear. Yeah. Like, but basically, they're like, you didn't get up on a soapbox in front of everyone. And say, we didn't bang. He- also, why is it anyone's business? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it's high school, so the they're, rules are different, but it's weird. They're assuming a lot that he's been like encouraging this yeah or like kind of vaguely confirming the story Mm -hmm. but like we never really get that from peter no so i i kind of had issue with that in the story just like it being very unclear what peter's involvement in any of this was yeah at least in the movie she was like upset about more than just the rumors like she thought that he and jen were kind of getting back together Mm mm-hmm but um, then we get a confrontation between Peter and Josh and Lara Jean. Yes. Where Peter is trying to talk to Lara Jean and like patch things up, get things back together. Of course, Josh is there. They start having it out. And Peter's basically like, in the book anyway, he's like, you kissed Lara Jean. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. And in the movie is like, well, you know, Lara Jean liked you and this whole thing. And basically Margot hears it. Yeah, Margot finds out that something, whatever it is, has been going on with Josh and Laura Jean, and she's very upset about it. I just have to say, in the movie, this scene with Josh, Josh just comes across as being so annoying in it. Yeah. And I swear to God, 90% of the reason is because when he enters the scene, he's got that fucking hood up. Yeah. And I'm like, if he just didn't have that hood on his head, it looks like he's just trying to be tough. Like, he's trying to give off this, like, 50 cent vibe or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what it is. But, like, when he walks up with that hood, you're immediately just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I, I legitimately think the scene would have played out better if he didn't look like that. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, he's just, like, annoying. But, yeah, this is once again where Laura Jean won't let Peter explain why he was in Jen's room that night or why yeah. he went to see her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to hear it. Get away. Yeah. And he does. Like. He just leaves. Yeah, which is mm-hmm. just good. Like, she was like, I don't want to hear you. He's like, okay. Yeah. And he goes. Uh, but let's talk about Margot. Because if there was ever a big divergence. Yeah, this is a huge in the story, divergence. It's right here. Honestly, I think the sisters in the book are kind of shitty. Both of them. They are. Like, yeah. poor Laura Jane. Yeah, she deals with a lot. Yeah, she's kind of like just... I don't want to say innocent and pure like Josh, but she's a little naive <laughs> and is. just kind of generally good spirited. And she has these like spiteful sisters who are yeah. just jerks to her. And I feel like 
Laura Jean can't really outsmart them because they're just like on a different level than her, really. They're operating on a different plane. Yeah. But to get into specifics, um, in the book, Margot finds out about Laura Jean and Peter dating kind of like even before she comes home from Scotland. Yeah. And is like very dismissive of it and even talks in front of like their dad and Kitty being like, he's not a good guy. Like he's yeah. an idiot. He's a jock. Like he's dumb. He and, cheated on a test once in seventh oh grade. Oh my God. I forgot about that detail. <laughs> oh my God. I, I cheated on a test my senior year of high school in math. <laughs> we've all been there. We've, all, we've done it. Yeah. So she's just like very judgmental. And this kind of continues when she comes home too. Yeah, and she just, um, I don't know. She just comes across so cold and dismissive of Laura Jean. And her feelings. And her feel, and is very judgmental all the time about, like, the food that she's preparing for the family. Yeah. And, like, the chores and the tasks. And, like, are you You're doing, not doing it right. Are you doing enough in school? Like, this is the year that really matters. And I don't know. I don't think the book did, a, like, we get a lot of Laura Jean saying, like, Oh, Margot and I are best friends. I'm like, where's the evidence? Yeah, but then when we see Margot, she's just constantly really annoying and like yeah. mean and cruel and Yeah. Mm. She is mean to Largine. And, and it feels like the things that Margot says to Largine, Largine really like feels them and is yeah. hurt by them. And she also like reacts really angrily to this revelation about Lara Jean liking Josh and then Josh kissing her, which I was upset about because she wasn't mad at Josh for kissing Lara Jean. Lara Jean no. didn't kiss him. He kissed her and that wasn't Lara Jean's fault, but she was the one being punished for it. And then Margot obviously hears these rumors around about Lara Jean and Peter having sex on the ski trip. So she tells their dad. And let me just say, as a sister who has a sister, you don't tell your parents shit. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are. Two sisters, and I don't know if this works with brothers or a sister and a brother, but all I know is about two sisters is, oh yeah, we fought a lot. Yeah. We had a lot of fights. We said really mean stuff to each other. We were terrible, but we dealt with our shit together. Like, we never went to our parents about any of the drama really yeah. between us. I mean, when we were little, we did. But like... We settled it between ourselves because, like, that is a betrayal. It's like a mafia movie. Like, you don't go to the feds. Exactly. Like, even even if your two gangs are like warring, you don't you don't you don't like, go to the it's feds. It's just it's such a betrayal to your bond because, you know, things that might have been told to you in confidence or things. It's just like it's such a dick move, well, and I can't believe that Margot did this. And Laura Jean is going through so much right now. Yeah, and to not even ask Laura Jean about it at all, and to just assume that this rumor is true, and to yeah. not even talk to Laura Jean about it, but instead to be like, "Hey, Dad, guess what? I heard that Laura Jean had sex with this guy on the ski trip." And then her dad comes to her to talk to her about it, and it's so awkward. And I felt so bad for Laura Jean. I because it's really sad because I I hate it because. Once again, a good tweak by the movie. Yeah. There's a great scene where before she goes on the ski trip, yeah. her dad is like, listen, we have to talk. 
I think you're too young to have sex. However, most girls get pregnant because they're trying to maintain abstinence, which is unrealistic. Yes. So here's a roll of condoms. <laughs> yeah, and it makes sense because he's an OBGYN. Yeah. And he's like, I want you to be safe and I want you to be happy. And he personally, he's like, I think you're too young. But he's yeah. also like, I'm a dad and I need to be realistic. Absolutely. Whereas in the book, he's like, you're too young to have sex. And I don't think, I think you should be careful. It, it seems more judgmental well, in the book. Yeah, I don't know if it was like... Just the circumstances as yeah, we saw them. Yeah, maybe because of the Margot situation, it felt yeah, more judgy. Like I think maybe the dad was being genuine. Yeah. And when Margot was just, or when uh, Laura Jean was denying having sex and he was skeptical, it was probably yeah. just like, "I don't want you to not listen to me because you're embarrassed." Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's sad because, like in the movie, it showed that that can be a very good scene. Yeah. With you know, between a parent and the kid. Well, and the dad's being proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, exactly. Where he's taking an initiative being like, I know that you're 16 and you have a boyfriend now and this like might be happening. So let's prepare for it. Whereas in the movie it was like, Oh, I heard that you were having sex and now we have to have a conversation about it. Yeah. It happens very differently. Yeah. And it's, just that slight tweaking and shifting things around. But like, mm-hmm. it's one of my favorite moments in the movie and in the book, it's like horribly depressing and sad. It's upsetting. Yeah. It's super upsetting. And I don't know, like Margot, <laughs> she does a lot to ruin her reputation in the short amount of time. She's actually in this book. I know. And then Margot and Lara Jean like talk it out, I guess. And then they're fine. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I mean, it is kind of like La- Margot does say like, you know, I felt like you didn't need me anymore. Even though I was pushing you to be self-reliant when I was gone, I did still feel lost and like, you know, and I get that. Yeah. Um, but I, it felt like too little too late. Yeah. Lord or uh, Marga was just, God, I'm getting everyone's names mixed up this episode. I am so sorry. But <laughs> Marga was just being like a real bitch, like most of this story. And we, we get what her problem is. We know yeah. that she doesn't feel needed anymore. Blah, blah, blah. So like for her to reveal that at the end, it's like, yeah, okay. But <laughs> it's kind of too little too late. Yeah. But you went to your dad. You never go. You never go to the parents. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, even though they do have like a reconnection at the end. Yeah. It just feels not enough at that point. I agree. Uh, Let's talk about the movie, though, because in the movie, Margot is upset when she hears that Lara Jean liked Josh. But Lara Jean immediately gets like a chance to explain it. And... This is where the hot tub video goes up. Yeah. And so she actually turns to Margot for help. And I love this moment because it's like, I don't know what to do. I need my big sister. Yeah. And in that moment, Margot like sets aside even like her anger at Lara Jean over this and is like, let's figure this out and I'll help you like deal with this situation. Through the power of Instagram child pornography laws. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know why this part felt so weird and made me laugh. I think it's because I think like Instagram was definitely like, listen, you can have this plot point. But, but it has to be immediately come down. <laughs> yeah, you have to explain specifically that we are not cool with this. Yeah, and, this and we could... would take it down if someone reported it. <laughs> Cite our code violation 421. <laughs> Show it in the shot. <laughs> yeah, but I that line just kind of cracked me up a lot. But yeah. They get the video taken down, which is good. And, and then they talk it out. Yeah, and it's a good much faster resolution with those two characters. Yeah. And then this is also where Kitty 
reveals that she was the one who sent the letters. Yeah. And also reveals why Mm -hmm. that she wanted to push Laura Jean to be more sociable and get out and like take control of her life. Yeah. Um, And also she's like, I knew that I could tell that Peter kind of liked you. So I thought this would like help. She's like, one of the guys was bound to like, <laughs> like you, right? <laughs> and in the, in the book, she's just like, I'm sorry, I was mad at you. And I just did it. And then Laura Jean's like, it's fine. Yeah. She's like, fucking, I can't kill you, I guess. So, <laughs> so, uh, and then we get the, well, we get a scene with Josh, I guess. Yeah. Following this mm-hmm. and a very Good scene with Josh, I think. Yeah, in the movie. In the movie. Yes, I'm sorry. We're still on the movie track. Yeah. Basically, Largene finally has a conversation with Josh and is like, listen, you know, I wrote that letter when I liked you before you and Margo started dating, but like, I don't feel that way about you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I am upset that it's kind of like become this with us now. And like, I feel awkward around you and I don't want it to be that way anymore. I want us to be friends. Yeah, and Josh sits and listens and kind of, you can tell he's still maybe confused or a little bit, like, upset by things that are going on, but is, like, much more okay with it. And and he even talks about with him and Margot and kind of knowing when things were over, it seemed. Yeah. So it was a good moment between them, given that Josh isn't my favorite character in this story. No. But I did like that they took the time to give them a closing uh, scene together yeah and then he kind of encourages her to like get back with peter too he's yeah. like if you really like love him or care about him you should like be with him yeah mm-hmm. so laura jean conquers her fears yes she buckles into her car <laughs> and she drives over to lacrosse practice mm-hmm. to see peter because she hates driving she hates driving <laughs> it's her it's her conquering her white whale yes <laughs> <laughs> So she gets there and and we get a scene with her and Peter where it's just wonderfully awkward and funny and great. And Mm -hmm. she has these she saw these letters that um, or these notes that he had sent her that Kitty saved. Yeah. That she got to reread and kind of like reappreciate how sweet he was to her and Mm -hmm. looking back how sincere he probably was. And we finally get the explanation from Peter (laughs) That he went to Jen's room that night to break it off with her completely. And it's like, thank God. Yeah, you finally got to say that one <laughs> sentence that would have solved all of these problems. Yeah. That whole time when he's like, can I just say one thing? It'll, it'll wait, fix everything. Just, just uh, please. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they kiss. Yeah. On and the lacrosse field. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. It's great. It's, mm-hmm. it's a great closing little uh, scene with them. Yeah. Isn't isn't conclusion and resolution nice adina it is nice isn't it and satisfying? i wonder how the book concludes and if you're wondering it does not <laughs> it doesn't it ends with laura jean being like you know what i do like josh or peter fuck i i <laughs> god damn it <laughs> i was due for one more before we stopped talking about it she's like you know what? I really do like Peter. And she starts writing him a real love letter. And that's the end. And we never see his reaction to it. No. What it do says. Do they get back together? What happens? We don't know where Josh is. No. Or what he's doing. There's or no resolution there's between them. nothing with him. Yeah. It's just a big old dead end. Mm-hmm. And it really bothered me. Yeah. I was kind of annoyed with this too. And clearly the movie was like, okay, we can't do that. Let's just wrap this up. And 
I will say that I looked up a brief summary of the second book Mm -hmm. because I wanted to see like what was taken from the second book. Yeah. And the same situation I think kind of happens in the second book where she writes him a letter and then confronts him and then they get together for real. Why wouldn't you just do that at the end of this? I book? don't know. Is it just to get people to Build buy the next book? suspense for the next book. I'm guessing. <sighs> That's so annoying. It's like I buy a book. I want because not to be comparing these stories again, but with crazy rich Asians. Yeah, it was the exact same thing. Same thing. Where yeah. it was like the it book left it off on a cliffhanger it was this huge cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And the movie was like, people like endings. <laughs> Some Don't people, knock the ending until you try it. Some people like an arc <laughs> with a beginning, middle, with and end. With yeah. The, uh, and, you know, I may not have been as annoyed with the book if we got, like, a conclusion with Peter, because I think that was the more... Like, oh, yeah. Maybe if Josh was left open-ended, mm-hmm. or if we wrapped up Josh and then her writing the letter to Peter. Like, yeah. I'm okay with some open-endedness. Like, I think that could be effective. Yeah. But it was just so Everything many. Everything is left hanging. Yeah. Just for whatever. I don't know. For the next book, I guess. So. So do we need to have this conversation about which one is better? <laughs> I think I've been pretty coy about it. <laughs> this whole episode. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we did watch the movie first. It's true. So sometimes that can influence you. But in terms of like, I just love this movie. It's yeah. so good. It's so enjoyable. It's so fun. It's so beautifully made. It's so funny. It's just great. It is. And there are definitely choices that are made in the book that I don't like as much. And I get showing like complicated relationships, you know, like relationships between sisters are not going to be perfect. No. But I just had some issue with, I felt like Laura Jean was kind of trampled on a lot with her yeah, sisters. Yeah. Like with both Kitty and with Margot. And that just like made me uncomfortable. And it's so surprising given that, like, the movie felt so positive towards those relationships. Like, the family relationships, like, there is some tension at points. But ultimately, it feels very, like, close-knit family, really Mm -hmm. strong in that sense. Yeah. And so for the book to feel, like, very negative in a lot of those ways was, like... And it's not really addressed. Like, if it was negative and, like, addressed... But it was like negative and then made to seem like, but everything's fine though, and they love each other. Like this is normal. Yeah. The the fallout doesn't seem appropriate. Yeah. Given the events that occur. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking about this adaptation in particular, I think sometimes the movie adaptations of books are sometimes like maybe a necessary second draft of the story. That's interesting. That the book could have used. Yeah. Like maybe, like maybe the book could have been needed a little bit tighter editing or like different eyes on it, like Mm -hmm. a different voice to it. But like sometimes I think that the movie, why we like it better is because, you know, it's, it's there's a a lot of different people involved in it. It is. And it's like a lot of different eyes, like a, a, like I said, a second draft. It's like, okay, all the pieces are here. What worked? Yeah. What didn't? Let's make something a little bit different, a little bit new. What should be shifted? What can be, how can we enhance the story even further? And especially when you're converting it to a movie format. Yeah. And a lot of the times when you're watching the movie, you're like, you know what? I that- got just as much out of that movie in an hour and a half or two hours as I did out of this whole book. Yeah. And we've talked about this before where it's like, I mean, it took me how many hours to read this many pages. And when you see this great script that basically captures the essence of the story, but does it so much quicker, you're like, 
you got to kind of respect that. <laughs> you do. Absolutely. And I mean, sometimes it's not pulled off. And we've talked about plenty of examples of that where the movie doesn't really pull it off. No. But this definitely pulls it off. It really does. It, it's it got great actors. And I know we oh, haven't yes. talked about the actors at all oh my yet. God. Um, but uh, Laura Jean. And I'm sorry, I don't know any of their names. Lana Condor. Thank you. She's fantastic. She's yes. so likable and She's so great. She's so sweet. Uh, Peter. Yes, uh, Noah Centennial. Oh my God! Yes, what a what a dreamboat guy. <laughs> he is such a dreamboat. Everyone can agree. He's just like charming and handsome, and looks like a young Mark Ruffalo. Major, major Mark Ruffalo vibes. It's insane. He looks like him. Talks, he like, talks him. like him. He walks and He's like got- moves his hands like him. It's weird. It's super odd. Yeah. But he absolutely has those that aura about him. Mark Ruffalo energy. <laughs> Mark Ruffalo energy. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And the dad. Oh my God. And we didn't talk John about Corbett. We didn't talk about this scene, so I, I feel like I have to mention it now. Yeah. The scene where he goes to the diner with Laura Jean. Yeah, is, and talks about her mom. I The thing I loved about this scene so much was it takes place in the third act in the middle of all the shit going down. Yeah. But it's not about boys Mm-mm. or anything like that. It's not about romance. It, it's, they just talk about it's their about mom. It's about Laura Jean and yeah. her family and what it's like to lose a parent and to have that loss. And the dad is very candid with her and being like, I'm sorry that a lot of this responsibility has fallen to you and to Margot. And I'm sorry I haven't talked about your mom enough. And reveals that, like, it's hard for me to talk about her because it's painful to me. Yeah. Which is something we can all, like, completely understand and relate to. But he shares this moment with Laura Jean where he reminisces about him and her mom and how they used to come to this diner together and basically ends up inspiring her and just saying, like, I see her in you. And it's so beautiful. It's so great. And I love stories like this where the main character might be going through like a whole lot of shit and a whole lot of problems. Yeah. But the, the story doesn't kick the character down while they're down too much. And it's like, but they still have good parents or like a good home life or Mm -hmm. good relationships in that way. And like those can still be there and there's still conflict. Yeah. Whereas the book, I'm like, the book was kind of injecting more of that, pain pain and struggle and conflict with her and her sister and her and family dad, and, and i was like uh yeah and it was like it just makes you really sad whereas this moment in the movie is like so uplifting and sweet yeah and really really effective mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> i saw a, a tweet about like the best dads in movies of the yeah. last like five years and it was him it was the dad from call me by your name the dad from eighth grade oh yeah mm-hmm. uh and maybe the dad from ladybird oh yeah mm-hmm. but it was like all of them because they're all <laughs> just like wholesome great fathers yeah oh <laughs> and he's 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 really great i love his character so me too yeah so i think we have agreed on the movie i think we've both agreed <laughs> If you haven't seen this movie, what are you doing? Go watch it. It's on Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, steal it. <laughs> there's Watch it. There's accounts everywhere. Just take your brothers. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So should we move on to lightning round? Let's do lightning round. Okay. So for my first lightning round, I had to mention how this book made me question everything I know about like clothing at all or <laughs> style. Really? There were so many clothing things mentioned in this book where I'm like, 
what the fuck is that? What is that? Well, and I, I started taking notes. I had, uh, what the fuck are short talls? A milkmaid braid? A honey bun? A Peter Pan collar? A circle skirt? <laughs> like, those were the only the ones I wrote down, but there were wow. like so many before that where I'm like, I don't know what these things are. I only know like two of those. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like there were so many clothing things where I'm like, I don't, I don't. What is that? I don't know. I don't know what this is. It's <laughs> trying to be fashion forward. Yeah. So in the movie, there's this scene where Lara Jean confronts Jen about the hot tub video and is like, I know you're the one that posted it. And Jen is denying it. And continues to deny it to the end, but I think we're still supposed to assume that Jen did it. Yeah. But she, then she like turns it back on Largene and is like, you kissed the boy I liked. And Largene's like, you guys are broken up when I kissed him. (laughs) And she's like, no, not like a few months ago when we were in seventh grade. And Largene's like, what are you talking about? And Jen's like, remember when we were playing spin the bottle and you knew I liked him and we were kind of like going to be together, but you still kissed him. She was like, it was, Fucking spin the bottle. I don't know what you want from me, Jen. It didn't have any tongue. And then Jen said, it was it was tongue to me or something like that. It wasn't tongueless to me. Oh, it wasn't tongueless to me. And storms out of the bathroom. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? It was like the super villain origin story. Yeah. Where it was like, you know how in the movie they like do like that flashback and you don't realize it's the origin story until yeah. like later you on. You see Jen in the background <sighs> the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was I thought it was interesting, but I also was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to get out of that. Yeah, and encounter. like Jen's not a super like fleshed out character, which is okay. a little yeah, uh, a little annoying. Okay, but yeah. I'm like, was that supposed to make me more sympathetic to her or it less? Didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, The one thing I wanted to mention that we didn't was during the sequence of pure mania that's so great where uh, Peter has the letter and then she kisses Peter and then she runs home. Mm -hmm. At one point, Josh shows up at her house. Oh, yeah. And she sneaks out the window and (laughs) falls off the roof. And it's so funny. And I just wanted to call it out because I love that. I feel like female characters in movies aren't given a lot of physical comedy like that. Yeah. And I really appreciated that scene especially (laughs) because it was so well done. It was so great. And she's so panicked, like trying to sneak out the window like, (laughs) oh, God. (laughs) And then she like rides away on a bike. Yeah. It's amazing. (laughs) It's so it's perfect. There's this scene in the book where in the middle of the story of all this drama, Lara Jean's like, oh, yeah, my other letter went to this one guy John Ambrose McLaren or something. I don't know. He has a name, another generic (laughs) white boy name. Um, But she's like, oh, I should go see him. And then she goes to a model UN tournament that he's performing in, which nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Is it performing in a model UN? (laughs) I guess competing. (laughs) I am China. (laughs) I am a model UN. But she just shows up there and like passes him like slips of paper. She like pretends to be like staff. Yeah. And then like looks at him. He looks at her and then she runs away. And I'm like, what purpose is this? Could this possibly have besides just setting up the second book? I definitely feel like this part was inserted yeah. later to be like, for uh, no reason, give you a little taste of what's to come. And it's all like she felt like, oh, slightly like feelings about John Ambrose. I'm like, she's in the middle of feelings between Peter and Josh. Like, yeah, this it, is disorienting. It didn't give her any kind of like 
understanding or resolution or clarity of no. mind to move forward. It was just like, oh, and then this boy. Yeah. Instead, the movie did a fun gag at the end <laughs> of like the first set of credits where it just shows someone ringing the doorbell and it's another boy with a letter. <laughs> <laughs> just when you've forgotten that there is one still out there. Yeah. Which I thought was very well I done. I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was really great. So... That's our lightning round. Yep. And that's our episode. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was so fun to do. Glad we could talk about this movie, which I really like. So I'll be excited to not read a young adult novel yes. for the next episode. Well, this is a better change of pace, better than Twilight. So. Oh, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to follow us on uh, Instagram uh, or Facebook or Twitter. We are at cover two credits with the number two on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're on iTunes or Apple podcasts, please leave us a nice little rating or a little review. We love it. It really helps with uh, us being recognized and seen on uh, iTunes or Apple podcasts. Yeah. Or find us on Patreon. If you would like to support us, we have a growing community of lovely people over on Patreon and Every day, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of them and also to our listeners as well, because it's just so encouraging to hear comments. You guys send us some wonderful messages about your thoughts on episodes. Please keep doing that. Yeah. And also patrons, send us your requests for episodes. We want to do patron uh, driven requested episodes. So yeah, as much as possible. So yeah, please like just send them over whenever you want to and and just let us know if you're listening and what you think of the episodes, because yeah. that just uh, it really makes our day. And yeah. And if you're really into the podcast and become a patron, you'll get those sweet, sweet bonus episodes sweet bonus episodes. that are only for you. Yes. So check that out. And we'll see you next episode when we talk about another kind of romance story. Yes. What's it called? Me Before You. Me Before You. (laughs) I literally forgot it. I wasn't building suspense. I forgot it. Me Before You. And uh, we'll catch you then. See you next time. Bye. Bye.